It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. The Larry Kudlow Show. Join us during the week. Fox Business News. The name of the show is Kudlow, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m. every day. And we've got a lot of work to do here. A lot big week for economic releases, including yesterday's uh, very, very good jobs report. It's interesting. People keep telling me the flattening of the yield curve is going to bring us into recession. But we generated 431,000 non-farm payrolls plus 95,000 revisions from the two prior months. So that's 526,000. The unemployment rate is down to 3.6%. Household employment was up 736,000. Participation rates went up, and if you calculate it right, now we'll get the, our guests' take on this. But people keep telling me wages wages are being eaten up by inflation, but not entirely. All right, average hourly earnings times hours worked, which is how you're supposed to do this. For the last twelve months are up twelve point three percent in nominal terms. So yeah, we have an eight percent inflation rate, which is bad. Gasoline prices, bad. Food prices, bad. But wages are very, very strong. And we had a decent ISM manufacturing report. The basic inflation rate is now running about 6.4% according to the personal income report for February. And the JOLTS report was interesting too. We had, I don't, can't figure this out. We had over 11 million job openings and there's slightly more than 6 million people unemployed. So we need a whole lot of new workers to fill those job openings. So I don't know whether that's going to ever happen in my lifetime, but it's a very interesting number. Stock markets were basically flat for the week, uh, up slightly yesterday. Anyway, with all that, we bring in Nancy Tangler, the CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tangler Investments, which has a five-star Morningstar rating. And Stephanie Link is the chief investment strategist, Hightower Advisors, head of investment solutions. So, ladies, thank you for coming on. It's great to have you again. I begin with you, Stephanie Link. Uh, I keep hearing talk about a recession, and I know there's an inflation problem. I know there were 36 tax hikes in Biden's budget. I don't think it's going to go through. I know he's running a jihad and a fatwa against fossil fuel companies. I know he's wasting our strategic petroleum reserve, wasting it away for nothing but political price fixing. But, 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 I think the economy is holding up. What do you think? Yeah, and, and it's great to be here with you and Nancy. Um, I, I think uh, clearly we're going to slow this year. I think as a base case from last year into this year, we expected the economy to slow just because we're not going to have the fiscal and monetary stimulus that we had over the last, by the way, two years. And as that slows, certainly momentum slows in the economy. But I don't see a recession, especially not this year. We'll have to see how things play out in 2023. But I think there's just too much momentum still in the economy because of all of those programs that were put in place. And I look at the consumer, as you know, because it is 70 percent of the U.S. GDP and the consumer certainly is feeling it in terms of inflation. But the, sa- but the savings rate, they still have, they're still $2.7 trillion in excess, <clears throat> excess savings. Retail sales are 25 percent better than they were pre-pandemic. And of course, 
jobs are plentiful. And as you mentioned, the JOLTS number is just, I mean, at near record highs and just an incredible number at 11.2 million. And last month was revised higher. And all of this is leading to higher wages. So at least the consumer is seeing higher wages. If they want a job, they can get a job and they get, they're getting paid for it higher than when they uh, used to. Um, but so that's all good. I think manufacturing is still um, reeling from the supply chain issues, but inventories are still low uh, by historical measures. And so I think the, they think we're in okay shape this year. But of course, we have to appreciate the, the flattening of the, of the yield curve and, and the history that it brings. And there's no question about it that we are going to slow. Does it, does it slow into a recession or does it not? Uh, I think this year is going to be, given all these concerns and put war on top of that, we're going to be in this choppy, volatile trading range all year. Well, there you have it. That there's a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. Yeah. That's awfully good. <laughs> Nancy, um, what, I just this, this doesn't necessarily affect uh, investment strategy directly, but we have a $5 million person gap between job openings and unemployed openings are 11 million plus they're only about 6 million unemployed so if everyone went back to work you'd still have you'd still be 5 million short i can't quite figure that out because i've never seen a situation like that before and you know i've been doing this stuff for two and a half centuries what do you make of that <laughs> well, I, I don't think it would make for very good, good radio if I just said I agree with everything that Stephanie just said. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, shucks. Go ahead. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Stephanie's really – she's, she's really right. smart. The, the, you're both really yes. smart. You're both really <laughs> smart. That's why I'm asking these impossible <laughs> questions. Well, it, it is a conundrum. I mean, I think it does bode well for uh, – technology capex spend because that is one of the solutions um you go to a walmart in in where i live in scottsdale arizona and there's robots on every aisle um either checking the shelves or uh cleaning you know the floors so i do think that technology will bail us out somewhat on this but i'm in complete agreement that yes we we are slowing and we knew we were going to slow it's kind of just the math but but recession i don't think so you know you look at the the uh, we, I look at the three-month, two-year uh, spread in the yield curve, and that's actually steepened since Fed Chair Powell uh, announced the 25 basis point increase. So I, I think that you have to also take into account that the Fed's been in there, you know, sort of distorting the middle of the curve. And, and once I, I think it was Esther George that was quoted as saying if they weren't in the mix, the tenure would be at three and a half percent, which would argue that even the, the two year tenure would would be still um, steepening. So I, I do think that is a problem in terms of the jobs. The jolts number is is, uh, is startling. And I thought the jobs report also was very good with with you know, um, increased participation rate, but we need to see a lot more people participate. And, and that is going to be the difficulty, I, I think, in, get, in getting a, a really strong economy um, coming out the other side of the slowdown. You know, Nancy, that's an important point, your yield curve point. Um, people are looking at twos to tens, but let me just, the original yield curve models of the future economy from the New York Fed and I think there was an updated one from the San Francisco Fed. It's not the twos to tens that predicts. It's the three-month bill versus the 10-year. That was the original model, and it was a very good model. I can never remember the name of the guy who did that model. 
Uh, he left the New York Fed to teach at uh, RPI, Rensselaer, Rensselaer Poly, um, which is in Rhode Island, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I get that right. Don't mean to offend anybody. But that spread is pretty wide. I mean, yeah, that's in, yeah, it's steep right? as well. In round numbers, you know, it's it's fifty basis points versus two hundred and fifty basis points. So that's mm-hmm. you know, historically and that that says there ain't no recession in sight. Period. Full yeah. stop. That's what that model says. Yeah. And I mean we don't you know, we know that the PMIs are rolling over, of course, and, and that will you know, also equate with earnings revisions to the downside. Um, but there's still places to be invested in that environment. And I think, um, you know, they're rolling over, but they're rolling over from very high levels. So we've, we've got a ways to go before I think we even have to worry about recession, if at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an inflationary boom is what I think. The ISM manufacturing was you know, 57.1. So that was down from 58.6. That's mm-hmm. a pretty historically high level. I mean, really. Yeah. Now, prices paid were 87. I mean, that's, you know, in, in flight, right. I mean, that's breathtaking. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, Stephanie, is inflation peaked, really? Yeah, I know everyone wants to talk about inflation peaking, and may, maybe it has. I, I, I don't know. I do look at the IS, within the ISM, the new orders number were a little bit troubling. It went from 617 mm-hmm. to 53.8, right? So that's the, that was like the, the negative piece of, of the ISM. But I agree with Nancy. I mean, we're still in expansion. Um, and in terms of inflation, Larry, you know, I mean, commodities certainly could roll over. We don't know what's going to happen with the war. Uh, supply chains could eventually get fixed. And, oh, by the way, we heard from yet another CEO this past week from Micron who said not until 2023 do supply chains get fixed. But let's just say he's wrong, and let's just say second half of this year we get supply chain fixed. That certainly will help on the inflationary front. But I look at wages and I look at rent, and we just talked about the wage number being 5.6% year over year annualized. That's a good number for the consumer. It's a tough one for, uh, for corporate America <clears throat> and uh, and the other issue was on the rent side, and we know that home prices lead rents by about 12 months. So home prices, we got the numbers this week from Kay Schiller, 19.1% in the country, up as an average. We know that there are a lot of homes that are up even more than that in certain cities, certain states. So my point being, rents are on the rise, and I think they're going to head higher throughout this year. And those two pieces of inflation, wages and rents, are much more sticky. So are we going to see 8% inflation uh, going forward? I doubt it in terms of the CPI. I doubt it. Um, but I don't think we're going to go back to 2 or 3%. So I think we're going to stay elevated. You, wait, you doubt it because you think it's going to 10 Well, I think we're going to stay high. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we're going to stay high. Let's wait a, just say wait that. a second. Let me just on this particular point. Kay Schiller was 19%, all right? <laughs> Call call 20%. Round numbers are on radio. Good enough for radio work. Plus 20. (laughs) Now, the Fed is still buying mortgage-backed bonds. Mm -hmm. Now, that has to be, pardon my French, but that's one of the stupidest goddamn things I've ever heard. I mean, Mm -hmm. really. You you say the stimulus is coming down. Where is the stimulus coming down? Monetary base is still growing like a son of a gun. M2 is still growing. Deficit finance is still growing. You know, we haven't talked about Biden's fabulous budget. He can't make up his mind. On the one hand, uh, he's running gigantic deficits as far as the eye can see. But on the other hand, he wants 36 tax hikes. So the former stimulates and the latter represses. I mean, I don't get any of that. 
But really, well, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down from elevated levels that we you know come on. We saw if you look at the fiscal and monetary policies at one point that were put in place a year and a half ago, two years ago they were put in place. But if you think about where it got to, it was as much as sixty percent of U.S. GDP. That's huge, right? So I think that those numbers are going to come down. We're still going to have stimulus, and that was the whole reason why I don't think we're going into a recession, and why I said the economy does still have so much momentum to it, and and uh, and people just think that it's going to go that that policies are going to go to zero. They're not going to go to zero, but they're just, just they're just not going to be at the levels that I, I think we have seen. Well, I would that, just that I, I got to take a quick break, but I would just invoke Milton Friedman: monetary <laughs> lags are long and variable. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say. We have Nancy Tangler. Tangler Investments. We have Stephanie Link from Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to apply all of this to some phenomenal stock market wisdom on the other side of the break. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking money and stocks and economics and inflation and all the rest of it. Nancy Tangler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Lafford Tangler Investments, which is a five-star Morningstar rating. And Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist, Hightower Investments, Head of Investment Solutions. Um, Kids, I want to get to the stock market implications of this, but I just want to – it's one little interesting thing here – the job numbers, uh, you know, uh, President Biden bragging he created, quote unquote, created uh, 7 million jobs or 8 million jobs. I don't know what he said yesterday. Um, but it, it's interesting. I saw this someplace this morning <clears throat> in February 20, 2020, before the pandemic, um, civilian employment was 152.5 million. And then in 2020, that crashed when the pandemic shut everything down and it dropped to 130.5 million. So you lost 22 million people. Uh, As of this March number we got, civilian employment is 150.9. So it's just interesting to me, we are still a couple million jobs lower than we were at the pre-pandemic peak. Just saying that the jobs are coming back, and that's good. I'm all for it. I want people to work, and I want them to get paid. Uh, But actually, we're still below where we were. Now, whether that has anything to do with that, you know, spread between job openings and unemployed, I don't know. I'm just sort of pointing that out, Nancy Tangler. I mean, just – just interesting to me that it, it ain't quite as great as it might first look. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think maybe what um, President Biden can take credit for is um, getting people back to work by stop pay, by stopping paying them supplemental benefits. I, I think that has a good deal to do with why the participation rate is starting to creep up. That and inflation is why people some people who had sort of permanently left the, the workforce are, are coming back in. And I, I think, you know, from from the standpoint, the question you asked last last segment is, is really an important one. How, how do we bridge the gap uh, from from the two million low less number of people working? Right. And I think one of the ways is technology. But the other way is we just need to encourage people and incent people to get back to work because mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm giving credit for ending the unemployment benefits, although right. he, he opposed <laughs> that. But he, I can't give him credit for his attempt at a $5 trillion spending package, B, as, right. a.k.a. BBB, a.k.a. Save America, Kill the Bill. But I digress. I, Stephanie Link, how can we make some money in the stock market or any place else? You tell me. And by the way, it's interesting just to just to um, highlight what you guys are talking about. Services part of the economy is not back, right? They they're just starting to see a recovery. Oh. It was very encouraging. ADP the ADP report showed 377,000 jobs in last month in payrolls in the services component. And that is very encouraging, but it's certainly just the beginning. And so that's why I think you have this uh, this difference between the pre-pandemic and then where we are now. And of course, the unemployment rate was 3.1% pre-pandemic, mm. right? And it was it's at uh, 3.6% now. So we have a ways to go, but we're definitely making pro- progress. Stephanie, so on, no, it, hang yeah. on one second, just to follow that. How um, services coming back? So was it restaurants, hospitality mainly or what? And, yes, so and, it's tra- yeah, travel, travel. restaurants. Uh, and and um, you know cruises and yes a, a, whole, a whole host of things and the wages and, fact, and the wages and, and, well, the- and the wages well and it's interesting Larry last month you as you will recall and Nancy you too um, most likely we saw wages come in at five point one percent year over year and that was a surprise that was a disappointment we had thought it was going to be five point five percent that was la- that's uh, two months ago not this past month two months ago. And the reason it was weak was because you did see the services part of the economy see a rebound. And those are lower paying jobs Mm -hmm. versus technology and utility workers. So it didn't happen this past month because we did see a nice kind of more a better balance. But I think it's going to be the services. That's a theme for 2022. Are you asking about ideas? It's absolutely a big theme for me in terms of the reopen kinds of names. And again, that is. Travel, uh, leisure, hospitality, gaming stocks, cruises. If you want to go airlines, I don't invest in airlines. They're too volatile for me, but that would also be certainly a place to to be investing. And then the one other thing I would just highlight, sort of interesting that we've seen year to date, what has worked and what hasn't. So beginning of the year, at some one point in the middle of the first quarter, we saw a value, the Russell 1000 value, outperform the Russell 1000 growth by 1,200 basis points. In the last two and a half weeks, we have actually seen that growth is outperforming value by two, uh, uh, by 700 basis points. So you're seeing kind of a reversion of the, of the mean in the growth segment of the market. This is the way I, I kind of summarize it. This is a year where you want to have better balance. You want to have a barbell between value and growth, between reopen and defensive. And if you notice, the new high lists as of late have been utilities and defensive names. Nancy, what do you? How can you make us a fortune? <laughs> I got a, um, well, I got listen, a minute I, left. I, okay, I think you really do want to focus on reliable growers at this stage in the cycle. So companies that um, will continue to be to grow valuations somewhat less important though. Like Steph, I'm I'm a valuation driven kind of person, um, but in this environment, you want to own the companies that are growing their dividends, and that there have been a significant and robust number of uh, dividend increases announced and in the high double digits, uh, 20, 30 percent. The energy companies are paying specials all over the place. So we're focused in two areas where you have the most productive companies, that's technology and energy, and then in the service area, as Stephanie described. All right. You two are really smart, (laughs) really smart. Thank you. Nancy Tangler and Stephanie Link. I'm Cudlow. Money and Politics. 
Liz Peek can see more on the other side of the break. Boom, boom, boom.